What's up, everybody? This is Gabby. This is a continuation of our conversation with Haven last week. Today, we're going to be talking about misogyny and just marginalization in the left, as well as some Ben Dixon drama and all that good stuff. Make sure you hit us up on our social media channels at Building RPWR. KT at KT underscore does art and Gabby at Gabby's music. Make sure you hit up Haven at Haven the Haitian and her podcast where it counts. Now back to the show. We kind of want to talk about too. I know initially I had told you we we're going to talk about misogyny yeah. and you guys just brought up the Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, Gabby finished um, uh, the Huey Newton book, one of the Huey Newton books. Uh, and I kept telling her, like, read it, read it, read it, read it. So she finally finished it, and she found out some stuff. And so I'd like to kind of talk about uh, just misogyny in general in the leftist space and, and how um, films, queer, uh, and just anyone besides cishet males, what we can do to kind of combat that together. So, uh, Gabby, if you want to start, just kind of tell us a little bit about what you found with the um, with that book and what your takeaway kind of was after you read it. I mean, of course, I, I, I finished reading the book. I was hyped. I was like, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's a good book, Revolutionary Suicide. And he, I mean, when he was on it, he was on it. He had some very good things I took home and uh, I'm going to internalize and go move on from. But after I finished reading the book or I watch a movie, I always have to look folks up. And, um, I, you know, I've watched documentaries and stuff on the Black Panthers, but I've, I haven't really done deep dives on each individual one. And I looked up Huey Newton and, you know, I saw, uh, his misogynist ways. I saw how he, you know, allowed that, uh, one Black Panther woman to get beat on his own accord, telling him to beat her, how he shot and killed that, uh, 17 year old, uh, sex worker, uh, he was just a misogynistic and a, a woman beater and, you know, all that stuff. And Eldridge Cleaver, of course, a rapist and a misogynist and a woman beater. And just the Black Panthers as a whole. And, you know, then I had to look up some documentaries and some videos of the women of the Black Panthers. And they kind of detailed their experience and talked about how there was a culture of silence because, you know, these are our black men and we don't like the police and we don't want to tell the police. So we just kind of got to be quiet for the cause. And it just, it made me so mad. It made me so freaking mad because of just, you know, the hypocrisy. And we're still dealing with it now. You know, the silencing of marginalized people in more in even more marginalized groups. Um, and just the abuse and, and the trauma that occurs there and, and how that can limit the potential of um, some of our uh, movements. Uh, what do you think? Hey. Um, I think that it's uh, it's interesting because <laughs> even with Huey P's faults, um, he also did a speech about the importance for the Black Panther and the Black Liberation Movement to incorporate the women's movement and the queer movement at the time. He had a whole speech about mm-hmm. it. So there is this um, friction has always been there, especially in, the, in any movement. For me personally, right. I think that it's a problem because we attach so much of what we believe in to the person that we learned our ideology from and not the ideology itself. Um, and for me, like the core, the core of what you want to do should be your principles and not a person. 
You know, mm-hmm. you should want black liberation because the principles of black liberation is important to you, not because you thought Huey P. Newton or, or Fred Hampton were badasses that sound cool. And I think a lot of people... We know that, right? Right. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people, other people No, that's do. what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like a lot of people, and this is how a lot of people get into these groups. And the left is not... Um, the left is not... Oh, God. What's the word? They're not impervious to this. You know, they're not mm-hmm. impervious to the cult of personality. You know, and even like I learned something really fucked up about Booker T. Washington because I've been doing some deep diving on um, uh, Herbert H. Harrison, who's Mm. basically the father of like black radical thought, you know, like and he this is during the time of Booker T. and them starting the NAACP and all this other stuff. And uh, Harrison wrote a. an op-ed about how he felt like Booker T's idea of like the talented 10th wasn't really addressing like it was classist because Herbert H. Harrison was, he was a a radical Marxist. He was, he incorporated both. uh, He was one of the only black radical thinkers of that time. And this is like 1912, 1900, like during the first world war. Okay. So he's talking, he's like one of the only leftists at the time incorporating Marxism and the women's suffrage movement all together. Right. And he's pointing Mm -hmm. out like, this is bullshit. Like I'm seeing a lot of elitism in this talented 10th thing. And I don't understand how you think you're going to get black liberation by creating this caste system. And at the time he was working at the post office and Booker T Washington read that article and got that man fired because at the time Booker T Washington was the darling like there's always a favorite Negro of the yeah, of American yeah. government. They they always pick the Negro they want to deal with as opposed to the Negro they don't. And Booker mm-hmm. T. Washington was one of them Negroes. And he used that pool to get that man fired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's wow. like Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of cult of personality. There's a lot of emotion that go into shit. And I think that when you're going into your political learnings, you have to really be firm in your principle. I believe that people have a right to house and home and nothing is going to deter me from that. You know, that's why you get a lot of people who like, you know, they say they believe in the cause and shit. And then like a bunch of leftists start yelling at them or whatever the fuck on Twitter. And then magically they become right wing pundits now. Like Candace Owens is one of, is a really good example of that. She started Mm. off being a super leftist, had websites for Obama and shit. And then like, you know, she wanted to do a registry, <laughs> which is like dangerous and like unconstitutional. And people were like, bitch, are you crazy? And because of that, uh, she left the left, the the liberals oh and went to the right. Yeah, she's a soup. She she is a callous, grifting woman. Um, I've I don't know a better example of somebody who just uses grift and greed to to make a living. As Candace, like that bitch is just, I don't think she believes in anything seriously. She'll say whatever it is that can get her a good paycheck. If you want to uplift wages, for instance, you have to look at who's not getting paid. Who's getting screwed? Oh, it's women. We're getting paid less. Well, well, I know that if I can make sure that the people who are getting fucked the most, if I can remove the things that are happening to them, it'll help me. Because fundamentally, I believe that people should have a means 
to to live and have freedom. If that's your root cause, then it's kind of hard to be a misogynist or not want to listen to somebody because your root your root cause does not have all that baggage. It's not going to be like, oh well, Black Lives Matter, but if you have a vagina, you need to talk to me a special type of way. Like, if it matters, it matters. You know? Yeah, and then but I'm I'm thinking like just going broader to white cis man. There, I feel like they come into it from the perspective of because when the Black Panther started, it was specifically catered to black men. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, now of course it evolved, but but even like in white left leftist spaces, predominantly cis heterosexual male, they will concede to a certain extent. So I feel like they'll they'll say like okay. We need to not be misogynist to a certain extent. We need to not be racist. We need to tackle, you know, the problems that black people are going to going through. But usually that just stops at what black men are talking about. When you start saying, well, what about black trans women? Then it's like, oh, whoa, identity politics, let's go back up. Mm-hmm. We just need to focus on the cause, which is uh, liberation, socialism, communism, whatever it class. may be. Mm-hmm. Class. And the same thing, I think, can, can be in the black spaces as well. Like we can say, again, it, it usually just stops at the trans women. What about the black trans women? And then it's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, aren't we all black people? How do we, how do we stop that rhetoric? I feel like you're not going to be able to squash that rhetoric Unless you have some of the most marginalized people in those leadership positions. Right. Because as long as you get, I feel like as long as there's a man somewhere up in that leadership space, they're going to try to always divert it to, well, it's just for everybody. And they're not going to always want to tackle everybody's specific challenges because they feel like it's a a deterrent to the, the greater goal. Right. But I think that, when you go that strategy, you run the risk of just having representation for the sake of it. And at the end of the day, like I said, like your ideology, what your principles are matter. So you can't. Well, yeah, you, well, we'll say we'll say from the level point, everybody feels that, you know, we're in a communist space. Everybody's communist. Everybody believes no, I'm, in the same thing. But I'm saying like, and then I'm saying like, really believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you really, if you really believe, like, I believe that people should have the ability to, to exercise freedom. They should be able to make plans and enact them and have a reasonable expectation that they can do that. Right. If that's my core belief and I see that there's somebody who's disabled and I'm looking around in my space, like my leftist space and I'm seeing like, okay, well, this person can't. I can't even communicate with this person if we don't have somebody that knows how to do ASL. I can't, right. this per, if we don't, if, and if this is real, like we're having like a, a live meeting, if we don't have ramp access, this person can't make the plan to come to the meeting and enact it. If I don't make space for them, like to me, and maybe that's just my brain is just wired weirdly. But when you root things in the principle it's hard because then you have to force people to, because what's happening is there's a cognitive dissonance. They believe the principle, but when 
principles really are only as good as when they make you feel uncomfortable. That's one of the really mm. weird things about like when people say, oh, you're a Christian, but you don't act Christ-like. It's like acting Christ-like is difficult to do that whole turn the mm-hmm. cheek shit and, you know, all the other stuff. It's hard to not be tribal. It's hard to not be um, self-centered. So a lot of, if your principles are not challenging you first and foremost, they're not good principles. We're seeing that with Ben Dixon right now. And, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I wanted to bring this up with you. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I mean, like, I've, I mean, like, and it's no secret, like, Ben Dixon was gracious enough to be on my podcast and stuff. Yeah, that was dope. I, yeah. I talked to this dude. I know that, like, I don't know this man, like, like, deeply, but I know that a lot of what he believes in is it matches mine, but we have different differences of opinion. But how he mm-hmm. went about trying to talk to Brianna Joy Gray, that was, he was not functioning in the space of his own principles. You know, he was not functioning, he was not functioning in the space of that. And even when people pointed it out, like, yo, but you say this, this, and this, and you say that people need to be this, this, and this, then it became, I don't give a fuck. And that's how I, that's when he got mad gully and was like, you know, this is how I am and all this other shit. And it's like, okay, now you're being... I'm you're uncomfortable now and I get it. I understand. I don't like being checked. That shit does. Right. That's right. not fun for anybody, you know? And now it, it, you have to like, either you have to like hope that their principles and their attachment to their principles are important enough for them to self evaluate or they like lose something that they want. So I, I've heard that he's lost a lot of subscribers since this whole mm-hmm. thing, you know, and not just, and uh, not just this whole force the vote situation, but also with him caping for Biden. He start, that's what right. people don't understand. That's when that shit started. When people were starting yeah. to be yeah. like, oh, I don't fucking know, bro. Cause, Hang on a second, Ben. Yeah, give me, hmm, take a moment. Because mm-hmm. I remember you was all saying something very different a couple months ago prior to Super Tuesday. So we're starting to see this thing. And then the whole force the vote thing happened. And force the vote was such a clear cut situation. It's very, very right. clear. Like there was no real lose side because even if we didn't right. get Medicare for all from it, the goal it wasn't necessarily like nobody was so utopian in thought that they thought that this was going to be the way to get nobody Medi- thought that. right. Yeah. They were saying this is a way for us to hold people accountable and put them on the record because we've had decades of seeing how they will create legislation. Or pretend like they they back a bill, like how Kamala Harris right. is. And then they, you know, we know that that's a game. But we know that if we make you vote on this shit, now you're on record. And I can come to you. Like, I can't. I don't need to go to CNN and pull up some speech you did. I can show what the fuck right. you did in your votes. And that was, like, that was such a clear-cut thing. And he went so hard on it over his disdain for Jimmy Dore that he lost himself. And he really came out of character. And now he has to reconcile with that shit and it don't look like it's going so well. You know, it still, <laughs> it still doesn't look like homie wants to have his coming to Jesus moment, you know, like, no. right. he, and even I was going to, the reason we wanted to talk about this also is because the other day we know, okay, Bree is a black woman, obviously yes. black, black, great. You know, he has the show with Mondale Marcus. We watch it, you know. Pretty much. You know. A lot. 
But the thing about it is they anchor themselves in where we represent the black progressive voices. Some of them were black men. We represent the voice of black progressive men. Okay, and then he goes in the tax brief. There have been no women on this show till the end. Since then, yeah. And then he, then he brings Rebecca on there to kind of be the woman, you know, to kind of, I guess, say I'm not sexist. And then, just a couple of days ago, he brings Jason Johnson on. That was yesterday. Yesterday, mm-hmm. who was talking about, you know, the misfit black girls. And I was in those comments saying... Because they were trying to frame it as people were upset with Jason about Bernie Sanders. I was saying, no, this is about black folks. Because you, you're, you're anchoring this in being black progressives. We're black progressives. You're bringing on somebody who belittles black women. You're belittling black women. Who belittles you, you, my nigga. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And our... our is, are we for black liberation, black reparations, or is this just another black misogynistic uh, progressive club? And that's what I'm saying. Like, with spaces mm-hmm. like that, like, I'm not in the club, I'm not in the clickbaity club or whatever, mm-hmm. but these are people that go, are able to go on MSNBC. They have power, they have influence, they have pool. But but again, these are the same types of people that control these type of spaces, and then they silence black women, mm-hmm. and then they gaslight you. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how you can. But just I like, but remember when I said that you have people who either are gonna you're gonna confront them with their shit, and they're gonna start fucking off, or they're gonna reevaluate. Mm-hmm. He's low key doing a Candace Owens. You know, yeah. he got yeah. a lot of pushback, especially and like he knows he a nigga, he a nigga that live in Atlanta, he knows. When he's foul and instead of sitting there, not even just sitting there, but surrounding himself with the book, because I guarantee you Ben has black women around him. That's like, yo, that was a little off center. Instead of him doing that. You can't tell me his wife didn't say that. Right. Instead of him, instead of him trying to surround himself with people that would give him constructive criticism, he ran to the very same black man who did the same thing literally to find kinship. He tried to find companionship in his wrongness with Jason Johnson. And at that moment, none of the other shit mattered. Not Bernie's, not his push for Bernie, not his push for Medicare for all, not his push for any of that bullshit. When he was in his feelings, he ran to that. If we see that you're doing wrong, the only thing that we can do is show other people that there is a different option. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times what they'll do is pretend like there's just, I couldn't, I couldn't help but talk to Jason Johnson. I had to make sure that there were no other women to dissent from my opinion during this whole process of me wilding out. Like that had to happen. Right. Like we, people will paint things as if they had no fucking choice. And it's, yeah, that's what he said. He was like, I'm, I'm a truth teller. I have to tell right. the truth. Right. No, no, right. no, no, no. What he said directly was I'm addicted to the truth. I'm addicted to the truth. <laughs> um, yes. So it's like, okay, my nigga, you addicted to truth. Okay. Well then since I can't, I can't come on your platform and do it. Your, it's your space. All right, fine. But You don't own all spaces. You don't control the whole world. And every single time where I see that you ain't right, I'm going to speak truth to that, to that power. And that's how, like, and this is the same thing when you're combating your 
right wing friends and all this other stuff. Sometimes it's not even about changing them or what they say or their idea, like what they're trying to push. It's about showing how this doesn't make sense and showing that there's a different, better option. There's a better way to go about this. And there's, and, and here's why this shit don't make sense. Like when he did that whole, I'm sorry, Brie, for making you feel this way. I still believe in everything that I said, but you know, I'm sorry. Like that was such a, like, that's a half-ass apology. Period. Yeah. He did that last night too. He, uh, after he did that one, he's still on an apology tour. Uh, after yesterday morning, he was like, I don't give a fuck. But then last night, I guess when he was drunk, uh, he basically said, I'm so sorry, Brie. I apologize. Um, I'm still right. But I did talk to my black woman friend. She's my best friend. And you know what? I came at you wrong. And and the fact that he didn't bring up a black woman. Well, I've I've talked to a black woman. And I guess I'll go and give a little apology. That's meaningless to me. Changed behavior. If you're really sorry, like... I'm gonna say like since you want to talk like you my ex-boyfriend trying to fucking tell me some bullshit <laughs> I'm gonna tell you like nigga that don't you ain't coming back into this house until I see changed behavior I like for me when I feel like I'm doing something fucked up to somebody I will go to them directly and be like look literally I am I did this I just real and I'm just saying this because I did something like that in a personal situation and immediately was like yo I fucked up and the first yeah. thing I did was Tell the person, like, yo, I fucked up. I am sorry. I treated you this way and did this. And now I'm going to go and make my apology loud. You deserve to have a direct. I deserve to give you the opportunity to tell me how I hurt you because I see it and where I can correct myself. And then my action, you telling me that will inform my action for when I need to make this shit public. And that's not what he did. Yeah. And and I'll just add this real quick before we wrap up, like. We, we, me and KT were talking about this, like, you know, we're in some of the queer online spaces. And the thing about, well, especially the black queer folks, they don't play. Mm-hmm. If if something comes out and somebody's been abusive, somebody uh, sexually, physically, verbally, somebody threatens somebody, they are not afraid to call them people out. And bring them on live Literally. and and deplatform them folks and hold them accountable. And I just hope that for everybody else, we can take the same account. Now we may not have to well, cancel whatever the heck. I ain't talking about that mess. Mm-hmm. But whatever whatever methods of holding these people accountable, like you said, if we're all going for the same goal, we should be able to come to you. As a family, as a group, as a whole, and say, you're not falling in line with the principles that we hold dear. Right. If you want to still be in community and organizing with us, you're going to have to change. But I think people, some people are afraid to do that. Yeah. But I think we need to get I more think, comfortable with doing it. I think some people get let their ego get in the way, yeah. right? So they think they know everything. And since they think they know everything, then you're never going to be right in their eyes. They're always going to be right on their own right. eyes. And so. I, I also think we need to be clear that like there should be a separation between leftist communicators and actual leftists. Because yeah. I think that yeah. we have incorporated, and this is not just 
been but all of them the kyle kalinskis the sam cedars mm-hmm. these people are communicators a lot of them are ex right. radio show hosts they are not mm-hmm. they are not from the realm of organization they're not from the realm of activism you know like they're coming from a different place and their education is right. from a different place and all this other stuff so yep. we should really uh be clear like hey you are a guest here because you come here not only just to pontificate to us about all the things we need to believe in, but you're also taking away material. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like he's just talking to, you know, these people are just talking to wayward white people who don't know what leftism is. They're also following people who are educators. They're also following people who are studying Mm -hmm. and astute and are on the ground. So you're taking this material and this goes for Jimmy Dore as well. You're taking, I mean, like his whole formula is based off of, I mean, like, it's so blatant to use the literal text messages of people who are actual leftists on the ground, not doing this shit for YouTube, but doing this shit for their lives. Like, right, right. You're taking that and using that as material, like commodifying that to monetize. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you're also creating a space for us and all this other stuff. And you're helping to get our word out. So this is a symbiotic relationship. True enough, but you're still a guest here. Literally, the working class people is over here donating some people to places like TYT, Ben, mm-hmm. Jimmy Dore. We're Dua, funding them. All these We're folks. funding exactly. And and how many of these folks, when the when the rubber meets the road, would be willing to to give away? We already talked about this. We, yeah, give we away did. their money. And redistribute it to the mass. None of them. Yeah, definitely not Jack Uber. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, like, when it comes to who's really doing it, how many of them are funding mutual aids? How many of them are giving money away? How many of them are providing housing to people? Exactly. Like, when it comes to the real gutter stuff, that's us. But they think they can talk to us any kind of way and tell us how to think about that's gonna be another. Right. That's gonna be a whole. That is. That is. I told her. I'm sorry. I opened up that shit. But like, I mean, like, but for. But bottom line is, like, if you want to, like, we all have a part to play. We all have our different functions. Some of us are on the ground. Some of us are trying to be communicators to the outside world. But we need to learn how to respect each other and respect the principles that we all right, said that right. we adhere to. And that's respect community. Yes. And if you can't do that, then you can't be here. Like, you could take it. Like. The motherfuckers on the right, they disrespect each other all the time, all day. Like, they love doing that. They love shitting yeah. on each other. If you want to do that, pull pull your Candace Owens U-turn and take your ass over there and do that shit. But here we're trying to actually better people's lives. We're trying to build. Yes. And change. And- we're trying to build our power, right? Yes. So- build our power. <laughs> That's okay. what we're kind of doing. So I want to go ahead and wrap us up. Right. And I just want to thank uh, Haven for being our guest, obviously. Uh, we always appreciate you coming on to the show and for giving your input. Um, you are a little bit older than us, so I do kind of like, you know, take what you say and, and listen oh, uh, and try to learn. Oh shit! Did you just call I'm me? To learn. You're basically a grand. Did you just call me an auntie? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but either way, um, Gabby, you want to go ahead and end the with end the show? Cool beans. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I really do appreciate mm-hmm. it. I love having conversations with you guys and everything like that. Thank you for that. Um, you can find me um, through my podcast. It's called Where It Counts Podcasts. Um, 
it's a bit sporadic, but it, it's sticking in there. You can find it on YouTube as well as SoundCloud, Spotify, all the places where people listen to shit. Um, and also you can argue with me or talk to me on Twitter at Haven the Haitian. Um, I'm problematic as fuck. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. So <laughs> uh, if you do follow me, it, you know, that's what you're in for. And I will appreciate the time that you give me either way. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, for us, KT at KT underscore does art. Gabby at Gabby's music. And you can hit us up on building our power at building our PWR on all social media channels. Yeah, if you like this episode, uh, if you have anything you like to contribute, make sure you comment and share it with your friends. Uh, all right, we're out of here.